This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I'm happy to have Nicole and Ed and they do awesome things for people that survive cancer. So uh, do you want to tell me a bit more about it? Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Um, anytime we have an opportunity to share what we do, um, we will take that opportunity. And what we do is take mm. our talents collectively. Ed's a photographer. I'm a designer. And we pull those together to make an awesome photo shoot and experience for those who are living, struggling, or battling cancer. Mm. And we just do allow them to have a moment to forget cancer. Mm. So in detail, Ed would carry on. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, we we uh, we find people that have battled cancer one way or the other, and since I'm a cancer survivor, it's very easy for me to have a chat with them to establish rapport for him to, for them to trust me. So we we'll have those stories. We talk about cancer, but then after that. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about a photo shoot. Right. Like Nicole mentioned, I'm a photographer. She's a designer. So we put together these unique and elaborate photo shoots with some other great people. Mm. And sometimes it's in a unique place, a cool place, a place you need permission. <laughs> but you know, you need permission to shoot, you know that's going to be a cool shoot. Yeah, it is. So at the end of the day, our thought is that the people come in for the day. They sit through hair and makeup. Yes, uh, they come out on the set in a cool place. So for that day, they have so much fun that they forget cancer for the day. Mm. I mean, okay, so you're at uh, cancer survival yourself. Um, how, how was the experience dealing with that, and what made you decide to do this? Well, my cancer, the, ba- the battle that I had started in 2001. So it's a while ago. And then, uh, you know, I, I had a radiation twice a day for four weeks, and then I had a big operation on my neck, and then I went home to... Uh, to recover, to think about it. Mm. So for the next five years, that's really all I did. And uh, I didn't really think about taking pictures of other cancer survivors until years later when a friend of mine said, hey, you should take pictures of Michelle Wade. She has cancer too. And I went to school with Michelle. So I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Let me call her. So I called her. We talked about it. And she had just finished chemo and was about to start radiation. So we had lots of stuff to talk about. Mm. And... Um, because we had that stuff to talk about, um, there's an instant trust there for her with me. So we went to a beach, and I got her to do all these crazy poses. But since she trusted me, she relaxed, and she did all the poses that I asked. Now, not all of them were great, but a bunch of them were, and she loved them, and it gave her strength, and it empowered her. So I thought, I'm going to offer this up to some other people. And then uh, I didn't get a lot of interest, so I had one left. And I thought, okay, this time... I'm going to go big. In the meantime, I had met Nicole, so I knew that Nicole was a fashion designer. How did you meet? Well, Nicole and I have a mutual <laughs> friend named Mike Richard, yeah. and uh, Nicole had asked Mike to come down and take some pictures of her designs, and Mike asked me to come down and help him out. Yeah. And after a while, Mike uh, had decided he needed to take a break, so he said, Ed, why don't you help You know, take some pictures with Nicole? So right then and there, Nicole almost instantly and I, Nicole and I started to finish each other's sentences mm-hmm. with about, well, how do you want this... Uh, gown to look or how do you want this garment to be portrayed like what's your vision so we just we hit it off instantly like that Mm -hmm. on a a creative level and then she had something else to do and mike said i'm busy then just get ed to do it so that's how it started and just ever since then we've been working together and And helping each other how long ago was this 
four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, four years ago. Cool. Wow. Um, and then when did you? I know. So forget cancer is a TV show. How did that start? Okay, I would say it kind of eventually out of a combination of things, but it really took a life on its own. It just came together and made sense. Mm. Ed has, you know, some details because one, Ed had um, was doing some things prior to this that in regards to his photography and whatnot, but he has that dealt with cancer himself. Mm. Um, cancer only reached the doorstep for me by way of my grandmother. And so I didn't, I don't have the personal experience, but I have how it, how it, affected me and my family mm. so you know i don't know if that answers your questions but that's just how it he just approached um me with an opportunity and um we went from there but ed has to go ahead ed. <laughs> we, up, up, so when we started working together on this project it was um we'd either call someone on the phone or have an email back and forth what do you want to do in a shoot and we'd just show up and we'd do it right and then we had to go and meet uh, sheila rhino uh, right. And we wanted to go and meet her because she had cancer on her face. And uh, we didn't think it would be fair to anybody, uh, including our makeup person, to just show up on the day mm -hmm. and then figure, oh, my God, look at all those scars. So we went out to see Sheila mm -hmm. to find out, does she want to embrace the scars? Does she want to hide the scars? And just find out what's what. So mm -hmm. we sat down, Nicole and I, our makeup lady at the time, Claire Josie and Sheila Rhino, and we sat down with notes and we threw ideas around. And we came up with an idea, and then we got in the car, and on the way home, I said, this could be a TV show. Mm. If Storage Wars can be a TV show, <laughs> why, why not this? We oh, just interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we just interviewed Sheila, and we decided what we're going to do in a photo shoot. We've been doing these photo shoots for a while now, right. and we know we're going to come back with pictures to show Sheila as sort right. of a surprise. I could see that being a TV show. So mm. they all said, yeah. And I think, I think what really, because I was asking Ed questions like, you know, what does the scars look like or where are they? And visually, you know, for me as a creative person, I just need to see and under to understand. Mm. And so that I think that prompted we need to visually see what she looked like, right? Because she can describe something to Ed over the phone, but it totally be something vastly different. Mm. And so we all sat there and listened to her, you know, quietly as mm. she shared her story. Mm. And it was, I think, a little bit overwhelming, you know, and hearing the details. Mm. And then that was an interesting ride home. Wow. Yeah. So, and we're like, why not? Let's just do it. Whatever it takes, let's just make it happen. Mm. Yeah. Hey, how long ago was this? A little more than two years ago. And what was yes. the process from that uh, conversation in the car to the actual first episode? Well, I just started pitching the idea. Right. We We had been featured on CTV's Live at Five one night for the things we do. So I went to them first, and they don't really have a, a, a place that produces shows locally. Mm -hmm. And they suggested a guy, and I called him, and he said, this is a great idea, but I don't have this, I don't have that. But he said, go here, this is a good idea, don't leave it. So then someone else, and then finally I went to Eastlink, and I pitched the idea to Eastlink. And they called the next day and said, this is a great idea, let's mm -hmm. chat. Wow. Wish we could start, yeah, like yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much, that's what she said. Oh, wow. If yeah. I'm corrected. Um, and we're like, okay, you know, like, what about this? So what about that? So it's just same thing. Nothing really changed. So was the first episode with Sheila? No. no. Uh, we did the photo shoot with her, mm -hmm. and then we went on and we did that, and, we, and, and that's when the idea for a show came. But gotcha, we still, gotcha, we gotcha. still did a handful mm -hmm. of other shoots right. along the way because... Mm -hmm. I don't know how other people put together a pitch, but it's not really a short, quick thing. You can say, oh, what if we have a TV show that does this? 
and that's fine. But when you pitch it, you need to have a little more, right? You need to be able to say this and this and this and this many people and this idea and this. And so right. um, when we, I think we met Sheila in March of 2017. And by the time uh, I got together uh, what I thought was a decent pitch, mm. and by the time I pitched it to Eastlink and they came back, it was October of 2017. Yeah. And we did a pilot with uh, Brian. Brian. And what was Brian's story? Brian had... What's a handsome... Uh, what's a, <laughs> yeah, he's Well, handsome the idea husband. was around... Um, I guess some of the inspiration came from the movie Revenant. Mm. That, you know, kind of... Um, oh, what's the, what's the what's term that we used? Um, but anyway, he was just like an, a model, but rustic, rough. You know, he loved the woods. And we just wanted him to really take a stab or butcher cancer. Well, well we did, with the yeah, axe, with he, the axe. he was, was running with an axe, right. but we just we never used the word butcher. Okay, but. sorry, I t I retract that. <laughs> but that's to me, that's like seeing him. You know, I don't know if he was just trying to be appropriate into you know, what do I do because he's never done it before. Mm. But when he actually got into the whole feel of it, he, it, he came really loose and undone. And then he just gave us the biggest shout. And I said, whatever that feeling you were feeling when you were sat with your own thoughts on your sofa or in your kitchen, that this is really happening to you and you wanted to scream, mm. that's the sound we want. That's the emotion. That's the rawness that we want out of this. Mm. And Ed gave him an idea. He positioned himself with a shot. And then, boom, just like that. And it's Where captured. was his shot? Um, Where? On his property, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was out near Hansport. Right. Oh, okay. Out in the woods on a Sunday morning with a big crew. and. Yep, beautiful day. <laughs> How many people do you have in your crew? Well, it depends. Uh, I, I have two crews. I have a crew that helps me film the TV show, but then I have another little crew that helps me do the photo shoot portion of gotcha, it. Gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha. And that varies. There's a couple of people that are always with us. And then Is Eastlink part of the production? Eastlink? Mm. I'm the production. Oh, I'm so the like guy. The, the, the crew, I mean, pretty much like the video guys, you have to get those, that team together? It's all my buddies, oh, all my wow. friends that I found from the... I used to be in the Sackville Photography Club. Oh, okay. So I put it out to them. Hey, I need help with a show. Who wants to help? Who can help? So I have a, a lady named Denise Ward who helps me with the lights, and she's perfect. She used she's to great. Be, she used to take <laughs> school photos forever, yeah. right? So she knows perfectly what to do with the light, and sometimes I don't even have to ask her or tell mm -hmm. her. She's just okay. sliding the light mm -hmm. in place. Yeah. Um, so we've got hair, makeup, wardrobe, lights, and then we got another handful of people that come and help with the filming of the TV show aspect of it. And they're all friends. They're all mm. people um, that I've found in my little circle, and I keep them close because mm. they're they're talented and generous. Mm. And you have to keep those people close. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I work with the same people forever, <laughs> and, and you walk because when you walk with the same, you you don't really have to see things. Everyone kind of knows no, what they're meant right, to do. Absolutely. Yeah, and you design what what like like fashion or um it depends on what the the shoot is based on it depends on what the idea is for mm. um the shoot itself um it really depends so sometimes I'll create something from scratch mm. uh, with their personal size and measurements and then sometimes we pull it um give if it's a time restraint thing on my part or we just can't get it um made in time whatever mm. um, but it really depends on the shoot. But oh, okay. whatever it is, it's my job to make sure that we have it. And then what's the background? <laughs> like, how did you start designing? Um, I've, I've started out with creative writing. 
Mm. And then sketching um, faces, and it just evolved. And then I started visualizing what I would like to see on people, mm. depending on how they dress. Like, oh, they need this and this and this and this. And then I started sketching. And then there was never a fashion school here in Halifax for the longest time. Oh. So I was going to study abroad. And then an opportunity came here to study here at Dalhousie, University Cost of Studies program. That was an awesome experience. Mm. Loved it. Loved the environment. Just loved everything about it. But it wasn't still enough. Like, it taught me the construction. It taught me how to, you know pay attention to the details and the purpose and function of clothing, mm. but not the fashion and theory and practical part. So then I went to um, Center for Arts and Design, which is now the Da Vinci College, okay. um, graduated out of the fashion merchandising program. Gotcha. That. And that was great. And, and um, <laughs> what do you, um, so Ed, when you, is it when you, how do you design the, I guess the shoots, like do you do it Sex, together? Yeah. Is, it, is it the person, the person store, like the person you're shooting is the story that des decides where you shoot? What we try to do during the interview process is we say to them, let's think about a photo shoot, but let's think about a movie poster mm -hmm. ah. and not a magazine cover. Because whenever you're walking down the hallway to your theater and you walk by all those other movie posters, they yes. always catch your eye. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it's an interesting thing, sometimes it's a scary thing or a fun thing, but think about that. And they all start off by saying, well, I don't know, I don't have any ideas. But within five minutes, <laughs> right? We, once paper, we say right? the sky's the limit, right. let's just go, let's just think big. And mm. Nicole and I start writing notes down. Then we have a bunch of ideas and we, we narrow it down, yeah. we narrow mm -hmm. it down. And we try to let it all come from them. Right. We don't try to influence it whatsoever, if, if possible. Yeah. And um, because it's really important for those people in, that are going to be in the pictures to really love that idea. Yeah. To get what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like... Yeah. For the families, they're going to get awesome photos and memories and whatever. Mm, mm. We don't know what the end end results will be, but we want them to be the happiest memories that they have. Mm. Um, no idea is a bad idea. Mm. We won't say no to anything. We'll attempt <laughs> to try. No, and really, and I say that with confidence because everything so far has panned itself out or worked out to be able to get an answer of yeses to yeah. or, you know, somewhere else we're led somewhere else to at least get that particular thing gotcha. so every shoot is different the feeling of overall the the energy in the room from the cast and the crew has always been great energy but so far everything has has been great in terms of how it all comes together awesome then. so here's one for you which one was the most difficult shoot so far most difficult shoot mm. Uh, to plan or no, emotional-wise? Like, no, not emotional, just like the production. But, emotional um, is a good one, too. The, the most difficult one was we, uh, the Weston, the day in the kitchen in the Weston. I was thinking of um, Superman. Superman? Oh, Trevor? Yeah. And the tennis player? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think that one hit me emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. Okay, so we have two answers for you. Cool. <laughs> uh, we interviewed uh, Jarek Mullins. He's right. seven years old, and he needed chemo for three years at that point. Right. He wanted to be a chef for the day. So we went down to the Westin, and we asked, can we come in here and shoot? And the chef said, yes, we can do this. We're going to do this. I'll give him uh, his own set of knives. I'll give him his own jacket. Well, you know, so Amazing. it was perfect. yeah. But when we went down there on the day of, uh, we had him being getting his hair and makeup in one room, and the kitchen was over here, and so we had two rooms on the go. And logistically, it was still early in our 
experience of putting together an episode. So there was a lot of running back and forth, and there was a lot of, I don't want to say miscommunication, but uncertainty. Uh. And it it took us longer than we had anticipated. But I, So I kept looking at the chef, and he kept saying, no, we're good, we're good, don't worry, don't worry. So I, I kind of went, all right, so if the chef says we're okay in his kitchen, then I'm going to just roll with it. Mm. So logistically, for me, that was the hard one. And you say well, Trevor? Well, I say, I say Trevor because... Um, <clears throat> We traveled to Truro to to meet up with Trevor. Truro, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll go wherever it's you know yeah. a reasonable time span to travel with everybody who can. Mm. Um, but when I showed up there, you know, I seen this you know older gentleman who looked great, and I'm I'm gonna guess that was a good day for him because mm. he was on his feet. Mm. And I think we had to wait until it was a particular good day yeah. in conversation with yeah. his wife. So that was a good day. And I said to him while Ed was setting up that it's at any point that you feel that you're tired or you've had enough, you know, we're done. Mm. So we need you to, to, to voice that to us. Mm. And so he's like, okay, meant a few words, but, you know, okay. And he, as far as I understand, was an avid tennis player. He loved tennis. And so we set the shot up and was getting his thing. And you can see that consciously he was, you know, trying to be what he was in his head. Mm. And so um, that was great to see. I had stopped shooting just so he could play with his friend back and forth kind of thing. And, you know, the moment that he was dressed in a Superman shirt underneath a tuxedo. And the, the moment that he pulled the shirt back to expose mm. that to me was the strength within mm. him. Like, and just seeing him play or trying to play. Mm. Like, that that struck me that, you know, like, that was emotional for me. It was a quiet car ride back from <laughs> Truro, let me tell you. It just, yeah. it wasn't emotional bad, like, heavy. It was yeah, just, yeah. like, it really makes you think that, you know, the things that you can't take nothing for granted, mm. and even that which still remains, make the very best of that mm. um, for yourself and for others. So I just knew at that moment, like, okay, this is, I don't want to ever the cameras to stop rolling to give us you know time to reset but to keep filming this because we just don't know we mm. just don't know so cancer yeah. doesn't have to be ugly no. but we can capture it at its best in th those individuals wow. let me add though that particular shoot was where we came up with the idea for the name of the project forget cancer i was going to ask you how the, the it was name this came it was this particular yeah. one because we had trevor's playing partner and they were just volleying the ball back and forth over the fence mm. or the net. And I had got a lot of pictures, and I thought, okay, I'm kind of in the way. I'm just going to scooch over <laughs> here. So I, I scooched over to the side, and I was watching Trevor. And what I realized is he was back in the day. He yeah. had transformed himself back. He was with his tennis partner. He was just volleying the ball back and forth, and nothing else mattered. Mm. So I thought if we weren't here taking these pictures, he'd be at home sitting on the couch mm -hmm. thinking Absolutely. about his radiation and his cancer. But... We put this thing together, and now he's up here playing tennis. He's forgotten cancer right there. Even if it's for a minute. Yeah. Right. Mm. Absolutely. That's how so we got makes, the name. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that was going to be one of my questions, so thanks for telling me that. Um, and how, well, you've answered the emotional part, but, like, how do you actually handle it, you know, when you deal with things like, Moments like that. I'm sure you have many moments like that making you do. a show I mean, like this. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. I mean, it's not always evident. And then sometimes it is. The tears start flowing. And, you know, and mm. I encourage them, you know, that if it if it becomes too much, you know, we don't want to press the issue. We don't want it to be rehearsed either. Mm. But and let it flow. Let, let it embrace because our viewers, 
you know, they're going to get caught up in it too. So we want it to be real as possible. It's real people living real life stories. Mm. And we want it to be that. We want it to transcend through, you know, the audience that, you know, this is not something you can make up. Mm. You know, and if I'm going through it and I'm watching it, either it brings you some sense of consolement or encouragement to get up and still fight mm. then that's what we want that's what we want to be seen it's fun we want to make it fun absolutely number one yeah but as real as possible because it's 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 in our faces mm. today that's just the world we live in mm -hmm. so emotionally yes you know i do my little thing on the side sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but you know or i do the nod to encourage those who are speaking you know because sometimes they look at you like am i saying too much am i not saying like you know go ahead and mm. while ed's doing his portion of the interview i'm taking notes like to say can we tap into this more or can we can oh. we push this a little bit more or can we elaborate a little bit more on this because i was going to ask you if you're like on screen are you on camera it, we do it two different uh, segment-wise, I guess. So at the very beginning of our interview, I interview the person about themselves and their cancer because I'm the cancer survivor. It's very easy for them to trust me. I'm not afraid to say the word cancer. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are really nervous about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we talk about that stuff, and then I say, let's bring Nicole in. Let's have some fun and talk about a photo shoot. Mm. The fun girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it works that way because, you know, you get we get through, you know, the interview, the, the important goodies and, you know, grits of, of all of the story while we're here. Yeah. And then we get to play with, you know, fun ideas. Mm. And, and at the end, you know, we see it all come together. Mm. So and there's a lot of emotions that we go through. It's not just, you know, the it's like connecting with that individual mm. hearing their story mm. and being able to personally thank them for sharing that story mm. right we're in that moment with them that's how i see it sometimes yeah but i can say that we don't or we haven't dealt with any drama right we don't need to create any drama for no. this type of show we don't want that and we don't have it on our set our set's very respectful and very mm -hmm. collaborative we always tell everybody what our theme is for today and if you got an idea bring it up we're idea. not going to say no and we're not going to squash anybody's uh, thought about contributing we want people to help out and contribute and our crew is awesome that way they they know that they're here just to do this thing but at any time they can share and be a part of it right. you know so the, the thing is is that every person who's participating or volunteering have skills and expertise they know their stuff we trust them you know to do the stuff you can for somebody to say hey this is the look i'm giving you or this is the look we're trying to achieve mm. and walk away and then come back and it's done <laughs> that is amazing mm. and you know we have from young to the old and everything in between people who know what they're doing mm. and we will celebrate that every chance we get and we will expose them because it's not just about us or Ed's idea or my idea it's about bringing all those individuals with us mm. because they have something to contribute in their community right now so and now was that a conscious effort to well we just drew on I guess our personal contacts as well as people we work with and trust mm. I think yeah. for me I could say that I, I think the way it started was, let's get someone who can help us. Right. And luckily, everybody who's helped us has been a, a, a good person to work Very with at the same yeah. time. So mm -hmm. now we, we like to go back to the same people as much as we can because there's the trust, there's the likability, there's their talent level, and it just fits perfectly. Mm. So when we talk with Asia for makeup uh, or Julia Everhair for hair, I don't have to worry. I just say, Julia, this can you... And, I think in all, I've done maybe 15 
18 shoots with Julie. One time I said, can we, can we do a little, and that was it. <laughs> right? Every other time we, we give her the brief or the theme, whatever you want to call it. And she mm. nails it. Our makeup right. people always nail yeah. it. So like that, I mean, you can probably attest uh, from being in that position with, you've got a team here, but when you know that they know what to do. I don't have to worry. Yeah. And yeah. It, it makes things so much easier. When people say, well, how'd you get that shot? That must be hard. And I say, honestly, it's not that hard <laughs> no. because well, the- all these people are doing their thing. I just go click, right. you know? Um, the, a good example of transformation is the one we did with um, Charmaine's World or Wayne's World version. Yep. And the mother and daughter got transferred into Wayne and Garth. Mm. <laughs> so hair transformation, the techniques that Julia used on hair for... Um, Rory. Rory, Rory yes. had blonde straight hair, but in the picture, like, it was all oh, fuzzy like, and furry, so she looks like she had 80s hair. Right. right. And then the makeup, you know, just, you know, just subtle, the subtleties of making them look like them without making them look masculine or mm. made up in any way. Mm. So we respect that. Like, it just, that's, it's, it blows you away when you, when you see, you know, it's in front of the camera as well as being produced behind the camera. Mm. How, how many seasons is in? Uh, how many episodes is in a season? Well, we did six episodes for season one, <clears throat> and then they asked for season two, and they asked for more, and I asked for money. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of it's, work. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And is. I'm not complaining. But the fact is, it takes up a lot of hours, mm. and I have a wife and kids, and we both work part time, so it's it's a hard juggle. So uh, the show is on community TV, so right. it's a volunteer thing. Now they give us lots of gear and lots of support; mm. they're Very awesome. Yeah. But since there's no, there's, since there isn't any money in it, um, it's 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 hard to figure out how many episodes we can do. Oh. So she, Rhonda McDonald. At Eastlink said, we'd love six, at least six. We'd love more than six. We don't need any more than 13. And you can decide on whatever that number is in the fall when you give me all the episodes. Mm. So we're going to do at the very least six, maybe a couple more, but we'll see how, how the time, mm-hmm. how, how we can get through it. Okay, now how do you, uh, I mean, I know you have, you are cancer survivor, so you kind of know how to reach out to these people, but... How do you decide who to talk to? Well, I don't reach out. Oh. I let people come to me. Oh. Because yeah. I don't want to ambush people because yeah, yeah, not yeah. everybody is ready but, and willing. Well, how do they know about what well, you... Well, there's a couple. We were on CTV's Live at Five twice. And um, once those people are... Once people see it, right. then they start spreading the word and right. sharing mm. it. So we, at one point, we were going to only, be, long before it became a show idea, we were going to do one last show and we were with Bonnie down at the casino. Right. And that was going to be the last one. <laughs> Bonnie. But Bonnie knows Steve Murphy at CTV, so she went and told CTV, you got to interview this guy, let's see what they're doing. So they came and interviewed us, put us on TV, and the next day, there's like eight or nine people wanting to do a shoot uh, or, or just or just tell their story mm. so it kind of grew from there uh, and i tell people sadly it's not hard to find a cancer survivor yeah no and, and the thing is, is that we want them to be comfortable in front of the camera and mm. having the crew come to their house or whatever the case may be but we want them to be willing to 
go the length of tell the story as mm -hmm. far as they're comfortable. Um, and we don't want to have to chase people, right? Because mm. again, it's the communicating, connecting the dots and scheduling and everything like that. Um, and they just have to be committed, right? We don't want to force somebody because that's not a part of the experience. That's not what we want to do. Mm. Um, so we wait for them to either reach out to Ed, make the connection, you know, set it up. Him and I talk and okay, that's fine. We'll see what comes out of it. Our expectation is to at least share their story yeah. and do it in it as beautifully as we possibly can. So tell me some of the shoots you've done. I mean, we talked about the Superman tennis one uh, and then the kid with the chef. Tell me some other we ones. Another, we did um, another child with brain cancer. Um, oh my God, the horse. Zoe. Zoe. Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> Zoe wanted um, to be a warrior princess. Right. So we found a guy named Kevin Johnson, That's who right. is a legendary police officer who saved eight people in a fire in Spryfield That's from a right. few years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. He has a horse farm down the South Shore. And he offered us his farm for us to come and shoot there. Mm. And that was wonderful. She got to ride a horse. She got to be a princess. And Nicole made the dress for her. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. Like, you know, it was just great. We got to have an experience kind of thing to see the, the farm in itself and mm. the history behind that. But also that she, I think we met them halfway, right? She was going for an appointment or something. Well, they're from New Brunswick. Right. So they came all the way from New Brunswick. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Because I said to Ed in a conversation, you know, we talked a, a different lens about different things. But that if somebody can't get to us, you know, that's why we would like to have it to be a paid show in some way so that if we if they can't get to us mm, we can go to them right you know within reason to go with them and not put the expense on them they have to pay for their treatment and everything else on top of that we don't want to add to that burden so if we can position ourselves to be able to do that mm. then that would that would be an awesome thing as yeah. an accomplishment to say we we were able to do mm. cuz right? i've have i have interest from Newfoundland Someone contacted me from Newfoundland, wanted to be on an episode, and somebody from Alberta, I think, wants to be on a show. Yeah. Oh, and I wow. had to say, like, we don't have the budget to mm. get out there. So I put your name on the list, and at some point, if we can get to the other provinces, then we'll... Love it. Yeah. But yeah. to go back to your question, how do I decide? Um, I don't say no to anybody. Some people don't want to be on TV, so we just organize little shoots. Mm. Um, but I take them... First come, first serve, just mm. literally down the list. And I have a waiting list uh, oh. because sometimes people may change their mind. There's one lady in particular, she wanted to do it, but then she doesn't feel worthy of it. Her story's not good enough. Her story is it will blow your mind mm. if I can convince her to, to, to be on an episode. Uh, and then she was back and forth a couple of times, but now it's to the point where I think she's yes. Mm. <clears throat> her story will blow your mind. I haven't even told you about yeah, it okay. yet, but and <laughs> that, so it's I don't say no to anybody. Mm. Uh, we talk about it, uh, and it might come down: Do you want to be on TV or just want to do a shoot? Yeah. Or if you want to be on TV at this point, you'll just have to wait till we do another season. Okay. Mm -hmm. When do you start shooting? Um, we well, we're already started filming season two. Oh, okay. We're going to leave here and go and do a photo shoot <laughs> in a martial arts gym. Yes. Oh, yeah. So <clears> tell me afternoon. about that one. So this lady, she's like... Yeah, she's wanna, part of... No, wanna... I'll, I'll leave it to you. Because um, uh, she's shared more with you than she has with me at this point. Um, and I just spoke with her, what, Friday? About the particulars? Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, she's a three-time cancer right. survivor. Two weeks ago, she ran her first full marathon in right. the Blue Nose. She so she's definitely not taking a backseat to no. cancer, right? Wow. So today, we're going to go to a martial arts gym. She's going to be a kickboxer for the day. Wow. She's never done kickboxing before. I said, that's okay. I know a couple of very perfect 
technical advisors are going to come and help out today. Mm. And we're going to have fun with her like that. We're going to change her hair purple. We're going to yes. give her a mohawk yes. and spike it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. She's going to kick yeah. ass. And she's been very helpful in, in selecting her wardrobe. Mm. And if they want to be involved that way, who am I to tell them no, mm. right? We'll look at it. We'll come up with the idea and make it her look absolutely fabulous. Mm. So it doesn't have to be from me. It doesn't have to be that I have to make it. I just know how to do it if we, if we can't get it basically mm. but you know if that makes her happy if she feels involved she understands production because she's done it before mm. so i'm not going to take that from her right she's exactly yeah. both her, as bright as she can get her hair she wants that <laughs> so we're gonna have, just have to make it work for her right but, but even if nicole's not making the wardrobe nicole's mm. still important to be on the set because her i always say she's my extra set of eyes mm. on set because there's things i don't stop to think about that she does and a good example is when we did the, the tennis shoot with trevor trevor was in a tuxedo he, he rented the tuxedo there wasn't really much for her to do but halfway through she goes oh stop 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 and she just rolled his sleeves up and pushed his sleeves up in his tuxedo and now he looked like he was playing tennis mm. i would never have thought to do that in a million years but until then he just looked like a guy in a tuxedo uh. but that one little subtlety right then and, and i said okay from now on <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping her <laughs> no i mean there's a there's a lot i'm thinking of kathy's uh episode gone with the wind yeah. and um, that was a great one i think we went down to um churchill house churchill in hansport yeah wow. it's a house that was built in the 1800s mm. and kathy wanted to have this look like she was in gone with the wind because that's her favorite movie so nicole made the dress and we had her coming down the stairs mm. and doing some things and um that was cool we also had Neptune Theater for the day. That's right, we did. We had a guy, he's 23 years old, Ryan Callback. He was in the drama club in high school. Right. So I thought, hey, well, let's make a call. I know a guy who works at Neptune. So we made a call. We went in there and um, they said, where? Yeah, they, their only thing was, if you can wait till June, the Mamma Mia production will be in Cape Breton for a week. There'll be nobody in So if you can wait till then, you can have the whole place to yourself for a whole day. Yeah. Wow. And that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, everything. it was amazing for us. But now think about Ryan's, yeah, from his perspective. Yeah. He's on, he's on a grand stage, you know, displaying his life story, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we end up doing a version or pictures of the Great Gatsby. But he, he was telling us a story about, um, what was it? The gentleman's gentlemen prefer blondes, right? So out of that idea, you know, <laughs> had to do research and what it looks like and this looks like, and so I had two looks for him. You know, a smoking jacket and the car and, you know, the... Uh, and he was in a suit. Yeah, like he was in a suit. Face. So, yeah, we did a couple different <laughs> things for him. And it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. Like, at the end, when the reveal came for him to see the pictures, mm. blown away. Oh, he cried. Um, And the cars. Talk about the cars. Okay. <laughs> so, before this became an idea for a show, uh, and we had decided, okay, we're going to do a shoot and this is it, I... The way I would prepare, I'd go for a drive. I'd mm. go for a drive in the car, and I'd play some music. And as crazy as it sounds, but I, uh, I, all the good ideas come to me when I'm in the car. So a long time ago, I did a shoot with a, a friend of mine, Cassidy Megan, and we yeah. needed a, a Jaguar because mm. that's her favorite car. So I just went to the Jaguar dealership and said, hey, I'm, I'm doing this shoot. This lady has epilepsy, and this is her favorite car, and um, it might be used in some worldwide marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a part of it? And they said, sure. We brought the car back. They said, if you got anything else, any other projects, come see us. Wow. So I went back and said, I, <laughs> I got a TV show. And they said, here, take this Range Rover. Mm -hmm. said, oh, okay. If you twist my arm, I'll take the Range Rover. <laughs> so a couple of different Range Rovers, a Jaguar F-Type. And like I was telling you earlier, if you don't ask, the answer is no. Mm. Now, I don't try to ambush people. 
I try to say, here's we're go this is what we're doing. Do you want to be a part of it? Mm. And then they'll say, okay, well, how do you want to be a part of it? Because usually they think I want money. Right. And mm. as much as I do, uh, I still need some other things. <laughs> I need a car. I need a car to go drive around. Right, in. Yeah. right. And it gives me an excuse because I'm a car fan. So it gives me an excuse to drive nice cars. Mm. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming here today. But I'm going to end with this, right? Um, and I want to, an opinion from each one of you. Uh, what's the plan moving forward? I think the plan from the beginning, mm. uh, and I think this was a conversation that we had over the phone, is to um, make this something that is viable for us by way of you know being paid for the skills and talents that we have mm. and that we can do what everybody wants to do you know do the job they love mm. right um but we also like to see it become a tv show something bigger because yeah. even though it's my show i still believe that it's kind of a cool show versus what a lot of other tv shows are yeah. And it's fun. I tell people it's, it's a fun. fun show about people with cancer, and they go, well, what, what, is, what, "What do you mean?" I say, "Just watch it." And yeah. it's fun. And people that's all we can basically yeah. say is just go watch the show, yeah. because when you hear somebody say, "Forget cancer," sometimes it's a negative, mm. as opposed to. But when they see the show, they get it. They they automatically get it. And I actually had somebody say to me yesterday, "You, you, you! I seen you. I seen you. I seen the show. I seen the show. Like you guys do amazing stuff. Yeah. And that's what you want to hear, right? Because mm -hmm. then I found out that his wife went through cancer, and they are open to the idea. I was going to tell Ed that, but um, before that, they wouldn't have been. They would have hid their story mm -hmm. because it scared them that much. Mm -hmm. But now that they're on the other side of it." They see what we do respectfully, tastefully, that it's safe to do mm. so. You know what I mean? So I would like to see that come to full fruition in terms of that it's a bigger production, mm. that our talents and skills of people and friends that we have, volunteers, they get paid for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's a fun and unique thing, and I don't think there's many shows like it, and, but it's such a fun thing to do. When we see those people having fun, forgetting cancer, it, it, it's, a, it's hard to describe that. And when we give them pictures and we, say, and we ask them for the show purposes, give us a, a voiceover what you thought. And when they really open up and they really say what they really thought about the experience, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like This needs to be a normal thing on TV. This shouldn't Regular, be yeah. uh, an oddity. Mm. Well, you know, I kind of see us like Alan DeGeneres and Oprah. <laughs> right, like we have a we have a stage, and we want to put the best on the stage, but also give back. Yeah. Or or put people in connection with something that enhances their life and keep impacting their life for the good. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see those individuals. Mm. And you know, Ed does great stuff, and you know, he has a compassionate heart. He knows how to connect with people, mm. and that's the thing that made me trust my models with him mm. and my ideas with him. Mm -hmm. So. And you don't always get that in, you know, in a partnership or um, in a work-related environment. You don't get that. So those things need to be put on stage, put out there for other people to see and maybe use it as an example to work. Mm. Wow. So, Ed and Nicole, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And keep doing the amazing thing you keep doing. Thank you. I'm super grateful. Thanks for having us, Thanks Israel. for having us. This is the Blackout Podcast.
for listening.